You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today, we talk to Sarah Fawcett, and she tells us that her favorite thing about her running, the thing that means the most to her, is the friends that she's made from running. Enjoy. I am very excited today, like I am every time, but I am really excited to speak to Sarah Fawcett today. Hello, Sarah. Welcome. Thanks, Michelle. Sarah is um, one of the, I don't know, I was thinking if I have any other husband and wife. Hmm. Interesting. I've had sisters and I've had like father and daughter. <laughs> I was trying to think if I had any husband and wife once. Oh, you're like number 40 something by the time. <laughs> oh, that's good. Matches so, my age. So it's a few. Uh, well, there you go. We, we might get into that. All right. Sarah, uh, let me hear a little bit about your background so where did you come from where do you where did you grow up that kind of stuff well my parents were originally from New South Wales and I'm the only Tasmanian born uh, person in my immediate family my sister was born in New South Wales and I was the second last baby born at the Wynyard Maternity Hospital before they turned it into a psych hospital what now it's an old people's home so they've catered for me my whole entire life which has been really good. It's handy. Yeah. Um, I spent primary school years growing up down the west coast of Tassie in a place called Savage River. Yep. Yep. So the only thing that's left there now is the mine. But as a kid growing up, it was a really good place to grow up with the, you know, out playing cricket and footy in the street and spotlighting and all that kind of stuff. And then got to high school and uh, mum and dad decided it was time to spend, send me to Bernie High School for my year seven to ten years yeah. and then went to hell yeah college yeah um, which is what we like to call us locals from down there and then i left bernie and came to launceston to do a teaching degree at utas yeah. and stayed here ever since so little bush bogan <laughs> to coming to launceston and uh still like being a bush bogan but i guess it just changed into other hobbies rather than tadpoling it was more like bushwalking and <laughs> kayaking and climbing and stuff but uh yeah, it was um, interesting growing up on the West Coast. i sort of been reflecting about the fact that we didn't really have a lot of team sport when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't really into things like netball and that because you mm. might get a netball game once a term against another West Coast school. So, you know, we were just really bush bogans that ran around and uh, pretending we were bunyip hunting and finding tadpoles and riding your BMXs, but you're always outside doing something and you know, when the dinner bell rang, everyone went home and everyone knew what everyone else's kids were doing. So it was a really good place to grow up. There was a dinner and, bell? Well, you know, your mum at the doorbell going oh. dinner ready, <laughs> pretty much. And um, everyone would go home for dinner and then you'd come back out afterwards and maybe play a game of Spotlight. But it was it was a great childhood in the sense that you could be out and about and doing things and everybody knew everyone's kids. So oh. you knew you'd get in trouble if you did something naughty. But it was also <laughs> good that people were like keeping an eye on people and making sure kids were safe. So. I really think that that's something a lot of kids miss out on nowadays. There's a lot of freedom. Yeah, yeah. heaps of freedom. 
Yeah. yeah. I grew up on King Island and in a very oh. similar sort of thing, but I assume even like I, you had a lot less people. There was yeah. like a thousand people on the island or so, but of course everybody knew everybody and yeah. all of that. Um, and still that West Coast feeling yeah. <laughs> growing up there. Uh, every t- minute of the day you could be outside, you were outside. Yeah. Um, we had really good facilities because it was a mining town. And so, you know, they had squash courts, basketball courts, indoor head swimming pool, you know, 24-7 year round. So we, you'd spend your entire school holiday at the swimming pool. So we, most of us were pretty good water babies. So yeah. to me, the concept of not being able to swim was such a foreign thing. What? Yeah, even growing up on the West Coast. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a oh, great place. Cool. Hmm. So quite a small, like when we say small community, um, how big was like if you went to school at Savage River as well? Yeah, Savage River District High School. Mm-hmm. And you can ask me numbers. I think as a kid, you've got no idea about numbers, so I couldn't even take a guesstimate. But you know that yeah. there were—I I don't even know how many people worked in the mine in its heyday. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess you probably had on average twenty kids in each class, so it wasn't yeah. tiny. Um, it was a significant workforce, and the town itself was quite big. It's quite eerie to drive through there now because. Literally, all the houses have been moved and there's okay. nothing really left. So. so it's not even a ghost town, it's just... No, the mine's still there. And I think I, I think they're still using the school as the singleman's accommodation, but there's no township itself anymore. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Hmm. Um, so I guess you just that, you know, that outdoorsy sort of thing just happened in many ways because that's yeah. where you were. Um, and then when you found yourself in um, at Hellier, can you remember whether you did any sort of sport stuff? Yeah, at that so, point? well, I was more inclined to do outdoor education based things. So, mm-hmm. really getting into bushwalking, did quite a bit of whitewater kayaking and rafting back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually at that stage decided that when I went to university, I was going to do PE teaching. Yeah. But I wanted to be an outdoor education teacher. So, that was my main focus. I've always been, you know, the kid on the basketball team or the kid on the volleyball team who was happy to get in and have a go but I was useless at anything so you know I was the kid that would get hit in the head with ball and things like that so but I was still really happy just to get in and have a go I think that's never never bothered me I've never been um you know really swayed by peer pressure or mm-hmm. even though you don't feel like you're as good as everyone else I think well you've got nothing to lose from actually just getting out there and having a go and mm-hmm. I always enjoyed it even though I was not you know one of the star players or anything and you're probably the one that spent the most time on the bench, but just being in that environment and getting out and doing things was what I wanted to do. Yeah. So do you think um, it's a hard thing to reflect back to that point in some ways, but can you think why you, how you were feeling, I suppose? I'm trying to, you know, um, that love of movement that, you know, perhaps you you had from the West Coast um growing up outdoors doing things and maybe that's one of the reasons that you you know you were drawn towards some of these um like outdoor education type of activities as well that kind of love of being outside and the love of movement and irrelevant of of you know your performance as you were saying yeah do you think that was part of it or you just just what you did it's like I think it's just what I did which is really funny because nobody else in my family in my immediate family is the slightest bit interested in anything that I do so and none of them have been into really, um, mum, dad played sport when he was a lot younger, growing up in Sydney, played rugby league. But in terms of anyone else in my family, no, they're um, not at all interested in being active. So <laughs> I don't know where it's come from. And in terms of, yeah, I think it's just, a, I like being active. I like doing things. Um, mm. 
I like doing stuff academically as well, but you know, I've always just been, I guess, what I've considered a bit of a plotter and a jack of all trades and a master of none, so to speak. And I just, mm. yeah, like having a go at things. I think life's too short not to try things, and just you never know whether you're going to like it unless you actually have a go. And there's yeah. been things I haven't liked that I wouldn't do again, but uh, <laughs> no, but like, you wouldn't know unless you gave them a go. Yeah, so and I just like being around people, and I guess sport itself and groups is quite social. Yeah. Um and. In some ways, I suppose you're a bit attracted to the adventure of the outdoors and getting to places and seeing things that perhaps other people aren't fortunate enough to be able to do because mm-hmm. you're willing to put a pack on and hike for five days. Um, and that's a privilege as well as something that, you you know, you get a sense of achievement from. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I understand that as well. Um, so you went on and you came to Launceston to do tea and went to university here to do teaching? Yeah. Um, what sort of teaching did you start? So I ended up with a degree in human movement, mm-hmm. which is what you, what they call phys ed, you know, yeah. teacher degree. Mm-hmm. But the aim was to specialise in outdoor ed and teach outdoor ed, which I did do for roughly 12 months. And then mm-hmm. I realised that um, it wasn't for me. The stress okay. um, in regards to managing the risk-taking of other people. So that responsibility level. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, I realised that um, it wasn't good for my mental health. Mm. Um, and there was quite a period of time there where I struggled with a lot of anxiety um, mm. around worrying about what if this had happened or what if that had happened, even though you might have had the best practices in place. And But that's the thing about the outdoors. You can manage everything and then something can still go wrong and that, that can be catastrophic. So, yeah, and yeah. that's, you know, pretty challenging to deal with, isn't it? We've had a yeah. few instances in, you know, Tasmanian history yes. yeah. regarding those things. Mm. Yeah, so then I've turned into being a maths and science teacher, which wow. I really love. <laughs> so risk factor is pretty low, but um, the reward's really good. Yeah. So um, you, you um, obviously that's high school. Yeah. On yeah. Level. Yep. So um, I do ten at the moment, but um, I um, moved out of teaching PE okay. because um, unfortunately, a majority of the kids they don't don't particularly love it. Um, mm. They don't love maths either but I just found it was becoming a bit of a challenge to get kids motivated to be involved at a particular age you know to the point where primary school PE great kids are enthusiastic they want to have a go they're still in the skill development but I just found that some of the cohort that you get as they get older you know they're very fixed in their mindset they only want to play basketball or that there's other things I don't want to do even though you know you try to change your models up and try to get kids engaged it's not always um that engaging and I found that I enjoyed the classroom teaching more yeah hmm. okay so how long have you been in the classroom well I've been teaching for 20 years which it still feels like two yeah I can't believe it actually when I think about that I still feel like I'm like 27 um I'm 43 and I'm actually the the oldest teacher in the secondary school at the school I work at at the moment which (laughs) says a bit about We've got some, re- you know, really good young staff coming through, and I think that's really good for the kids. Uh, they relate really well, but at the same time, I still feel like I'm 23, so I don't feel like I'm, I've much changed at all, lost touch with the people that I'm working with. Have you stayed in a, a lot of the same? Like, I know they move you around a bit, being that I've also got a teaching degree. Yeah. Did you stay um, in the same like yep. school? So I spent 12 years at um, one of the schools in town. Yeah. And then six years ago, I moved into one of the schools that's just on the outskirts of town. So okay. a completely different outlook, went from a school that 
you know, I had 100 kids in a grade to a school now that has 27 kids in a grade. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. And we've got K through to year 10, which is awesome. So. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah that would be Buying up shoelaces at recess time and then teaching <laughs> quadratics, at, you know, after lunch sort of thing. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, all right. Let me, when, what year, just, this is actually just for me because I'm nosy. What year did you leave? Did you finish your teaching degree? 99 1999 so yeah because um I went back and because I started my teaching degree at the normal time after school and then I went and finished it and I was actually at university at the same time in Launceston as you but (laughs) I was in I would have been year um I would have been year three when you finished and then I moved to Sydney and I did finished um the bachelor in Sydney in 2000. How's well, that? there you go. We're pretty much the same generation, aren't we? And you've got a lot more time like for it. I think. 10 years older than you. <laughs> it's just like, I reckon we probably crossed each well, other's undoubtedly. And it wouldn't have been at the uni bar. <laughs> oh, no. But that was no, back no. in the day where people were actually at the university and you walk down, you actually dodge people yes. going through the hallways. Now exactly. it's like a ghost town. But. And um, I, mind you, I had two children by then as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I had nothing. I didn't even have a part-time job. That's how I was just a student. <laughs> that was enough for me to manage. I remember, um, I think we had one lecture that started on a Friday. Is it, when was uni night? It was either Thursday or? Wednesday anyway. night. So was it then, then the, the, this lecture started on a Thursday morning at something like 8.30. It was early. Uh, and the only people were there were the mature age students usually. <laughs> kids had been out at the anyway it was quite fun um all right so back to your running when did that start for you so obviously you've been a bit of an outdoorsy person all of your life and you've always had movement in some shape including you know studying pea teaching and things when when did running start you said before you you were wondering when that was you had to think about it a little I did I remember running at high school was definitely not for me because I remember we used to have to do the um oh 1.6 K test, the the mile test. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was always like one of the last kids in, and I was always getting the D when you know, they give you a mark based on your time. It's just like, oh, this is just hard. I can't run. And Dad used to say, oh, you know, you wouldn't be able to run outside on a dark night. So, um, yeah, I think I dabbled a little bit. Did the Bernie ten probably when I was in year twelve, just because you lived in Bernie, and that yeah. seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Came up here to uni. Did what you, I think a lot of people do at uni, maybe stacked on a bit of weight. So tried a little bit of jogging, um, yeah. nothing serious. I think what happened was um, John and I went and worked in the Northern Territory in 2009 and 2010. And 2009, I came home for Christmas and my grandmother, who was very subtle at the time, said, oh, you've been living in a good paddock, haven't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> John and I had convinced ourselves that the uh, water up there was so hard it was shrinking our clothes. <laughs> And that's why they were getting tight. So that's funny. the second year we stayed, we actually rented a treadmill. And uh-huh. so we had a treadmill inside the little unit that we were living in. And we started like just doing, you know, short jogs on that. And I think I remember I was stoked when I was running at eight kilometres per hour uh, per hour on the treadmill. I thought, oh, this is, you know, I'm getting really good at this. Now when I look back at it, I think, yeah, that's, uh, that was not that good. Um, but it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting mm. living in the community because we tried jogging outside. Mm. You could only jog early in the morning. And was it the, the temperature? Yeah, there were two mm. challenges. One, no street lights. Mm. And two, where we were, um, there's quite often horses in town that just kind of wander in of a night time to eat 
the little bushes they can find around in the gutters and stuff. And so you'd be running down the road, and the next minute you'd just about run into this horse that was pitch black and you couldn't see it. So I, I'm not a fan of horses. I get I got quite scared. So the treadmill was a good option for us. And then on weekends we'd go into our springs and we found this nice little loop that we'd just run around one Saturday morning, and that's yeah. that's where it started. And then uh, came home and kept up a little bit of jogging and let it go. And then I remember when I said to John one day, I was going to start running again. And literally it was like the method that a lot of people use, the old telegraph pole, mm -hmm. right? We're going to run from this pole to this pole and then walk. And uh, that was back in the day when I thought going through a 3K run was a, a big run. So, you know, we had this little 3K circuit that we did and, um, yeah, just gradually built up to doing that. Did the Bernie 10 and kind of just kept happening after that. But the biggest thing for us in terms of our running has been the discovery of groups and the discovery of park run. Yeah. I think without those things, it probably would have been one of those things I'd probably start and stop and start and stop. Mm -hmm. But now I think consistently we've been running, uh, I'd say probably the last eight years. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just plodding along, plodder power. That's, that's it. I mean, yeah. to me, it, running is so not about the speed. Like it's mm -hmm. one of the things that you can focus on, but it's just... It's just not about that. You know, there's so many other elements to why we get out there and do it. So yeah. it's funny because we all talk about it, like the speed. Well, but we're actually, all got watches, haven't we? And we're all yeah. looking, you're all looking at your data and overanalyzing your data. And then, yeah, yeah. it's really hard to switch off from that. But I think it's really important for running longevity to not get hooked on those numbers and just, you know, enjoy the fact that you're out there and you're doing it. Yeah, because I think at some point, well, I know at some point, if you just, if you run forever, at some point, they're not going to keep going up. Like, especially no. when you first start, that is everything's a PB. But after whatever, it depends how old you are and all sorts of other factors, but eventually it will start coming down and you'll never hit those PBs again. Yeah. So if that's the only reason I think people do it sometimes, um, it can be very disappointing and it'll make them give up. So we don't or injured. That. I know a lot of people that are driven by the numbers yeah, on their yeah. watch and, you know, they end up with lots of injuries, um, yeah. which can be, you know, end, end running if you're not careful with it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping to be like um, a lot of other people are still running when I'm old. Well, then let's skip to that question. When do you think you'll finish running? <laughs> How long will you run for, Sarah? Well, I'll run for as long as I can in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, injury. I think injury is the thing and obviously just managing your health. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd like to think that I'll still be running when I'm 70 or 80, but yeah. uh, I guess it just depends what life throws at you in terms of your well-being um mm -hmm. like i said i'm not somebody that goes out to run a pb um yeah uh, and i do you know i'm like anyone i do look at my watch data and i think oh you know that kilometer was a bit slower that and, but then you have to give yourself that little talk about when well, you were out there you were doing it it's important you just get getting out there and doing it regularly yeah otherwise i'm the kind of person if i just went off my numbers i'd be like oh, this is it. i give up i'm not going to yeah. do this anymore so yeah so what makes you continue to do it what what are the things that you say to yourself that make you keep going out the door um there's lots of factors one the social connection so mm -hmm. on tuesdays we run with running buddies mm -hmm. um thursdays i try to run with old train as a group yeah. friday morning i've just started recently going to friday fresh i didn't go this morning because yeah. it was raining i think yeah. <laughs> anyway i convinced myself it was raining in my half sleep um saturdays is park run day and then sundays sometimes we do a long run with buddies or sometimes just john and i'll go for a run by myself so routine being a member of the group and running with others and one of the things i do it for is just to maintain weight because yeah. i'm unfortunately one of those people that looks at food and puts on weight so um yeah and i'm a bit like that 
feel better. Like I get home, you know, I have to admit half the time I'm driving in on a Tuesday or a Thursday night from work, I'm tired, I'm a bit dehydrated and I think, oh, I don't want to go running tonight. Mm-hmm. You get there and you start talking to people. Next minute you've done, you know, your seven kilometre run, you're feeling good, you're chirpy, you come home, you do your dinner, do all your jobs and go to bed and, yeah, it's just been a better day, better way to finish the day. Yeah, so those little uh, chemicals that are popping off in your brain because you Definitely. did go for a run Definitely. have um, completely changed your state. You know, you turned up, as you said, you know, tired and like not you're feeling usually saying, I can't be bothered and then, exactly. you know, you, you get yeah. a run done and it's a good run. So yeah. we've so, met so many good people through the running groups. So that yeah. the... Sorry. That, that part is really important to you, like that, the social element. Yeah, and like this is our first year running with LRC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I would join a running club because running clubs for runners who run really well and race. So this whole concept of joining a club where people are actually racing against each other is not anything I thought I would ever do. But wow. I just think it's, to me, the group of people that have been there this year. I mean, yes, you've got your pointy end runners who are out there to win it and smash their times and, and be, have PBs but they're still lovely people but the group of people that have been around there this year just reminds me of park run but it's handicapped right yeah yeah, yeah. there's so just this other little spicy element in there which means yeah. you know, you, you're not always I suppose you are surrounded by the same people but it's kind of it's different <laughs> as in yeah. those those back markers catch you a lot later <laughs> than well, on, hopefully. That at the I park run the mark before someone catches me but that doesn't always work so <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people have said that it's, um, it's the people that keep them yep. um, keep them coming in. You know, it's often there might be a health reason, you know, maybe they want to lose weight, they just want to get some more fitness that starts them running, but it's the people that they meet that yeah. keep them running, which I think is quite yeah, fascinating. I mean, just looking at some of the people that ran with LRC this year, like Fiona, a mum yeah. five, yeah. and she didn't mm-hmm. miss an event. And so, it'd be so easy just to say, oh, no, I can't go today because yeah. this or that. Um, yeah. You know, she's not the only one. There's people that are, you know, on the other end of the age spectrum, on both ends of the age spectrum, um, people who you can see are carrying obvious, you know, injuries which make running really difficult for them, but they just keep turning up and they're just mm. good people and, and fun to be around. Mm. If you all feel when you leave Parkrun, when you leave LRC, when you leave Running Buddies, when you leave Old Train, you just feel better for having been around the people. Mm. And it's worth it. Do you, if you didn't have... Um... The fact that you were uh, had a, a day full of uh, work, being a, a teacher, would you be a morning or an evening kind of person to do your morning? Running? Morning, morning person. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So next year, I'm not going to be a teacher. We're going to have the year off and travel. So I think most of my running will be done in the morning. Temperature uh, will be the main dictator. But yeah, I used to only run in the mornings, and I, when I switched to afternoons, I found really hard. I still find it hard in the sense mentally mm. and, like I said, emotionally, so you're a bit tired from the day at work. Sometimes it would be easy for me just to go, no, I'm not going to go today and turn the car and, and go home rather than going to the run or to the gym. But mm. I always know I feel better for, for turning up and doing it, even though sometimes it's hard. I think the, that element, especially if you're going for the run and you know there's people waiting for you, that also is a bit of a, yeah. oh, I can't not go because there's people waiting for me. Yeah. There's someone that um, usually sends me a message about Friday Fresh and she's like, are you going? I'm like, yeah, I'm going. She's like, okay, well, I'll come. And then sort of, you know, we both turn up or if one of us doesn't turn up, then we get in trouble with each other. (laughs) What do you mean I got out of bed early? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Friday Fresh is like 5.30 or something. Is that right? 
yeah. 30? I think the first one I turned up to, because I've only only new to it, I think it was the morning, it was like minus five degrees. <laughs> it was like, oh. And so I've told myself ever since then, if I can turn up that morning, I can turn up loads. But yeah, you not this morning. I'm using the excuse it was the last day of term too, so I'm a bit tired. <laughs> so you um you also mentioned then the gym. So tell us a little bit about that. How does that how do you use that to support your running or is it just to, you know to support your overall health? Uh it used to be just to support overall health. And yeah. I guess it, it still is. It was something I did before I ran. Mm-hmm. Um used to go a lot more regularly, but now I find with my running in the evenings, I'm not getting there as often as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my running's taken on a real focus for me in the, probably this year and, and last year. I was training for my first marathon, but I've had to give that away because oh. of Melbourne um, mm-hmm. and just COVID. So, and I'm not going to run a marathon in Melbourne in December when it can be 40 degrees. So, yes. Yeah. Mind you, you wouldn't have, is it the plane trees? The, I've done oh. a number of Melbourne marathons, the one I've done the most of. And they have at that time of year, there's um, like a seed that comes off yeah. one of the trees, which some people don't get quite irritated by. Anyway, yeah. that won't be around in December, but yes, it could be 40 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so the gym, I only get to the gym a couple of times a week and I've gone from sort of doing, I guess, a regular program to being more um, movement based now, just mm-hmm. making sure I'm getting a decent range of movement with some weight bearing through the joints. So, okay. yeah, that's been more the focus rather than building muscle mass but and but I got really lazy with my um gym work when it came to running I wouldn't do legs because I thought I was doing enough but (laughs) I've uh, now gone back to doing legs because it's important as a runner to make sure you've got those strength in those joints as well it's funny you know there's a lot of runners including myself I've been very bad at things like strength um Mm. work and yet it is actually the thing that will stop you getting you know will reduce your chance of getting injuries as well which is one of the things you know the big what we really don't want as a runner is because injuries take so long to go away um so it's kind of impressive I think that you you guys because I know after talking to John that he's also um doing gym stuff too that you know you have that as your as your routine and even more interesting for me is that you started that first or you know that you've always done that or you've done that for a long time and then you you put running over the top of it yeah, and we also like to, um, not so much in winter, but we do a bit of road bike cycling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's always been a really big thing for us. So mm-hmm. uh, we've got like the indoor trainer, which we ride in winter under the house because, well, I don't like riding outside in the bad weather and it means you have to bike, clean your bike too often. So <laughs> and it's just a safety thing. But, you know, um, now that the, the warmer weather's coming, Sundays will probably turn from the long run days into bike ride days again. Okay. And you don't compete with any of that. So, no. which is an interesting thing, like you said before about, you know, you didn't think you'd join a running club and that no. was there sort of, is that because of the competing side? Like, have you done a lot of competition-y things with, the, no. with your sports? Never yeah. really. Um, and I, I find it quite funny. I get quite nervous on the start line at LRC. Just, Me I too. don't know why. Me too. I'm <laughs> usually like, you know, oh, like yes. a bit of self-sabotage and a bit of uh, performance yeah. anxiety. I'd never be able to be a competitive person. Um, yeah, it just really messes with my head, the idea of competing against people. I've, I don't have the winning spirit or the winning drive in me to actually push myself. So I'm the kind of person that will run along and just say, oh, good job to everyone else as you go past me. And uh, I feel much more at ease doing that than thinking, oh, you know, this might be my week or I can yeah. finish top five. I don't ever think those things because I'm just, I don't know, I think I'd just fall to pieces if I gave myself a chance. And then, yeah. Thanks to handicapping, it's quite 
potential of well, actually finding yourself in that position at some point. I won't know how to cope when I do. Oh no! It's like, oh no! Oh no! No! Oh, exactly. I'll just stand here and wait for someone to go past. Yes. <laughs> the problem yeah. with that is then the next week you'll probably find you're in the same position because yeah. <laughs> you won't get pulled. I'm just not good at thinking competitive thoughts. I don't yeah. know. I'm just maybe it's just because I didn't play competitive sport as a young person. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of like racing or anything is not. I like the LRC. Mm-hmm. Uh, racing I like the handicap style I usually like I said try to get to halfway before I let anyone go past me but it doesn't yeah. always work out <laughs> um but that yeah but no do not you, certainly not racing bikes they're crazy anyway it's too do, you, do you find you your um nerves go once you start like once you start started running? yeah yep. just yeah, standing on that same. start line talking to Peter <laughs> but yeah I usually have a bit of a joke with him and uh you know do the old self-sabotage thing but yeah I don't know what it is about it because I'm like this is ridiculous there's like nothing at stake here what is wrong with you but it's interesting yeah Yeah, it's interesting the the things that go on our heads are crazy which so well there's a couple of things I wanted to ask um when it comes to goals so because a lot of people will aim you know to I'm going to run that marathon or there's that race or that whatever and that's my goal and so that's how I know what I'm going to run you know, leading up to that, unless they're in some kind of coasting mode. But yep. often people are sort of goal-focused and that sort of keeps them moving. Do you ever find that that's a part of your... Sort it has of- been for the last two years. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, Melbourne was, I guess, the focus last year. And I think we got to uh, a couple of months out when I realised it wasn't going to happen. So then I was like, okay, well, I'll stop doing my marathon training and go and do other fun things like scuba diving and stuff that I hadn't had time to do. Uh, and then this year, I think we got to, you know, a couple of months out, well, actually probably about three months out, and they were putting out the emails saying, um, if you want to pull out, you need to do it now if you want to get your money back because you won't get it back unless it's COVID yeah, um, yeah. shut down. So we'd made the decision because I work for the government and they weren't keen on you leaving the state unless you had to, which is yeah, fair yeah. enough, um, to pull out early and get your money back. So even though I wasn't still training for Melbourne, we uh, had a couple of events coming up, so we went and did the Flinders Island Pub to Pub. Yeah. So yeah. that's a really good event if you ever get the chance to do it. It looked amazing. Um, oh, stunning. Um, so that was 25 and a half K. And Excellent. in terms of goals for that, my goal in any event is to run the whole way. Yeah. But I kind of also had a secret goal that I wanted to come in under three hours in that one, and I did. But I didn't tell anyone that goal. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. And then two weeks later, which was last weekend, we had the Scottsdale Rail Trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to admit, I was kind of like not in a very good headspace and I didn't really want to be there. So mm-hmm. I told myself beforehand, well, Sarah, you've got permission to walk part of this one. So I got to the 20K mark and then walked around the last 6K with someone once we got around the corner into the horrible headwind. <laughs> so, oh, no. But normally for me, that would be something I wouldn't be happy with, like walking. Yeah, one of those people that you know, I'm a I'm a shuffler and a plotter, so I kind of feel like I've only done a run if I've actually gone the whole way running. Um, yeah. But yeah, I coped okay with that. It was good because I had a, one of the running buddies with me, and we just sort of, you know, did the old tree to tree thing. And uh, the last six k's wasn't as bad as it would have been otherwise. <laughs> it was a pretty horrible wind. But, yeah, yeah, it sounded like the weather was pretty atrocious. Yeah. So yeah, no. Usually, my goal is just to run the whole way. Mm. So, okay. I know my, um, I've got a coach in the Netherlands and when you're training for longer distances, they actually um, put in there as well as for the race that we do like a run walk thing, which was really interesting. Yep. So the first time this year that I've had a go at that and 
because that's based on the low heart rate training yeah yeah exactly does make a massive difference i know it's so frustrating when you first start because you Mm. think oh why am i walking this is like this is so slow i'm never going to get my 10 15k run done it's going to take me forever but in the long term it makes such a big difference i highly recommend it yeah Yeah. it is it's uh, it's quite interesting actually she just i don't know if she walked it but she certainly kept her heart rate low she just did the rome marathon on sunday and she came eighth woman wow you did three hours and 10 minutes. He's a bit quick. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. it's just like, okay. Yeah, I'd be more like a five-hour man. Yes, that works. <laughs> it does. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what? It's like, it's like for knowing a little bit about physiology, it seems so backwards in terms of going that slow to it yeah. make you go faster in the long run. Yeah. Um, quite a bit to get your head around, but yeah. It's a I, t- I think it's um, it's not something you just turn up at the start line and do. It's that training no. to get your body yep. used to it and then your body runs at a slower rate. And when you're doing that, especially as age group runners like us, um, you're less likely to get injured, let alone yeah. get to the start line, um, not injured too many age group runners. That's why they... I don't think I've um, ever had an injury from running. Really? But I think that's probably because I'm such a plotter. I just plot along. <laughs> like... Well, that's probably just proof of what we're saying, yeah. you know, that if you don't always sort of... Because especially blokes, I don't know if it's testosterone, they're just mm. always running as fast as they can. They don't have a, any other speed. Yeah, it seems, especially you know, young blokes. Um, so I wonder whether that's it. You know, that I don't know. I mean, I've done a few Ks in the last few years and managed to avoid injury, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> so, do you um, do you call yourself a runner, Sarah? I probably do now. Yeah, but I suppose I probably always preface it with oh, I plod but I run, or I run but I plod, or yeah, like that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a runner. But I suppose people have this perception of what a runner is, isn't it? I guess that's the perception I had before I joined LRC. Yeah. That, you, know, you don't join a running club unless you're a runner runner. But, you know, I've learned so much that as long as you're running, you're a runner. And, <laughs> and, and perception was- really is, I mean, your, what your perception and my perception is true for me, mine is for me and yours is for you. And, and it's very individual. So it's, in, it's always interesting to hear what people say when I ask if they think that they're a runner. And isn't it interesting that we are so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and yet if we saw anyone else out running, we'd be like, go you, you're a runner. Exactly. But if somebody asked you to make that comment about yourself, yeah. oh, no, no, I'm not a runner. I can't run a <laughs> three-and-a-half-minute kilometre. Or... I don't run fast, so I can't yeah. be a runner. But like... we're happy to acknowledge that that is good in other people. It's just that old brain, the old self-sabotage yeah. in terms of... Yeah. I guess the other thing in Australia, you're not encouraged to think good thoughts about yourself in terms of the old tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think my role as a teacher, um, you're constantly telling people that they're doing a great job. Yeah. You know, that the growth that they've shown or the improvement that they've shown is something worth celebrating. And I think sometimes we need to cut ourselves a bit more slack in terms of tell yourself you've done a good job. Exactly. It's not not easy to do. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, if you find yourself unlucky unlucky with an injury how will you deal with that when it comes to what's going on in your head do you think well I've had injuries just not running injuries mm-hmm. like I got uh, taken out by some toddlers in a playground last year and oh, that injury, injury that old chestnut yeah yeah <laughs> now, all my friends stood there and laughed at me uh, so I had a, I've had a couple of um, not very nice ankle injuries over the years mm-hmm. uh, mentally I find it really tough particularly mm-hmm. if you say if you've just been a bit unwell or something 
Uh, you turn up to an event and you're watching everybody else compete and you want to get out there and have a go yourself and you feel like you're such a piker that you're not out there doing it. That yeah. is hard. But at the same time, because we've got quite a variety of things that we can do um, in terms of our interests, bike riding, swimming, all that kind of stuff, there's always something to do. But I don't think you ever get the same feeling from anything else as you get from running. Mm. I don't know what it is about running. You can run for 20 minutes and feel like you've had a good workout. Whereas on yeah. a bike, unless you're doing, I suppose, speed work or something, you know, you, you sort of think if you haven't done 50 kilometre ride, you haven't done it right. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't get the same um, bang for your buck, as you said no. earlier. Um, so with running, when you're running, what what are you thinking about, sort of? You don't have to give us like details, but what's your mind doing? Usually when I start running, it's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then about, you know, 10 minutes into I'm thinking, oh, this is starting to feel really good. Oh, this is great. And then sometimes I don't think about much. Sometimes you're thinking about what's happening in your day at work and a bit of problem solving and maybe, you know, something mm-hmm. you need to help someone else with. Um, it's probably usually based on what, you, what your day at work's been like. But if I'm actually training for something and it hasn't been a day at work, like a Saturday or a Sunday, Mm-hmm. um it's usually just ticking off the goals it's like okay looking at my watch thinking right well that's the kilometer pace i want to do this is the distance i want to be at i've got to here i've got 10 kilometers to go so it's more that ticking things off the list mm-hmm. not a very deep thinker obviously i don't think about <laughs> you know, whether penguins have knees or why well, really buffs blue but um, yeah you know what one of the things that i'm playing with at the moment is um the idea of mindful movement so um and in that for me it's that's mindful running and that is like not thinking of actually about anything like to actually just be in the moment that running moment as you said before um you know running nothing else can make you feel a certain way and that's not just when you finish a run there's also you know the moments when you're running where everything just seems to be moving fine and and you're not really thinking about anything like you said before and you know the winds in your hair or whatever and it just just feels good you know you're just there for however many seconds that lasts in your brain um but you're not necessarily processing the day or or sorting stuff out so um let alone doing doing a long run by myself Mm -hmm. um i'll wear headphones and maybe listen to a podcast or generally tend to just listen to music because i don't want to have to actually concentrate on anything so if i listen to a podcast it's more of a you want to sort of pick up what people are saying. Um, yeah. But when I'm running with other people, I don't listen to music. But I'm not a talker when I run either. Um, okay. my, my best friend, Kendall, uh, she loves to yabber the whole time. And basically she just talks at me because I'm just like, Kendall, I can't talk when I run. She's like, yeah, I know that. I'm just talking. And she'll just keep talking the whole run, which is great. But um, I'm just, I'm not one of those people that can talk and run. It doesn't matter how slow I'm going. I can, but I'm quite gifted at asking questions that take uh-huh. a long time for the other Make person. Make the other people answer. pass. Yes, well done. <laughs> Long-ended questions, not yes/no questions, and yeah. uh, so, not yeah, very open-ended questions. Put it that way. Um, so you've touched on the fact that you um, that you did the rail trail, which makes me ask the question: What um, what where do you prefer running, like on the road or up in? you know, trails and things like that. And, of course, you've done ultra bits and pieces as well. What do you like best? I think I probably prefer road running in the sense that it's easier. You don't have to concentrate as much. You can sort of look up and around a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the trail running I like because there's a certain licence of freedom in trail running to walk. 
So yeah. it's okay to walk up the uphills in trail running. Um, and sometimes it's nice to give yourself a little bit of a break with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I like the solitude of long runs. So I don't didn't mind being out on the road at Flinders by myself. Yeah. And I quite like the solitude of trail running. So I did the blue tier a few years back. Oh, wow. It was like a, yeah, it was meant to be, I don't know, 30 two k's or something up through the bush and up through there and i was the, the slowest competitor so i was at the back from the beginning and i was the last one in you know i think they were probably worried about me being on the trail so long by myself but it was just beautiful it was beautiful to be out in the bush um it was exhausting and it was a challenge and uh probably the hardest well actually no definitely the hardest thing i've ever done in running um wow. so i like the challenge of both yeah mm. like, it depends what my goal is at the start at that time, I suppose. Mm. I like the ease of running on the road, but I quite like being out in the bush as long as there's no snakes or anything. <laughs> Which occasionally in Tasmania there are. Yeah. Just yeah. occasionally, but not all the time. I know. You mentioned um, running with people and running by yourself. What kind of mix do you get just in your everyday life, every day, you know, every week, I should say? of that or is, is it mostly running with people at the moment or do you manage to get mostly been running with people at the moment um mm. but my longer runs I tend to do by myself because mm-hmm. I don't know there's just something nice about being out there and just being able to plot at your own pace and there's no pressure yeah. or um but I do enjoy running with other people because it makes you run a bit harder and run a bit faster too I think mm-hmm. I'm naturally like a bit of a, a slow plotter so being around other people is good for me in terms of improving my fitness um yeah. But, yeah, long, slow run, I prefer to probably do on my own. So uh, how do you get out the door? Like one of the biggest, you know, I, I love running, obviously, I've like run most of my life, I love running. But there are days where I just don't want, in fact, there's seasons sometimes where I don't really want, I have to really push myself to get out the door. Other times where it's, you know, no problem. How do you, do you have any tricks or anything that you do to get yourself out the door? Yep, so routine, obviously, just having mm-hmm. those days during the week where you um, have the groups that you might meet up with. Mm-hmm. I always pack my running bag the, the night before and yeah, make sure it's ready way. just to throw in the car. Yeah, I yeah. get changed at work at the end of the day and then I drive to wherever I'm meeting people or I'm running by myself yeah. and try not to come home in between. Because I think once you come home, that's probably the temptation is to, you know, find your pyjamas, get in the beanbag, read a good book sort of thing. So, yeah, but I think I think just routine. And like I said, for me, it's um, important mentally and just physically in terms of trying to maintain a healthy body weight. Um, you know, I'm never going to be a thin person, but I sort of certainly, you know, it does help me with keeping things under control a bit and making sure yeah. I can eat something yummy on the weekends. I'm a bit like that too. So no, <laughs> it's like, I'm totally like that actually. Um, but it's funny how other people see us. We were talking about identity before. Someone I took, spoke to yesterday, the other day for the podcast, who's known me for a long time, is like, I've always admired you because you've always been so fit. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, just because so, you know, you keep saying, you know, things like, you know, you, you think that you're never going to be thin or whatever that is, but that's just your perception. You'll find that most people who see you don't have that same perception. Oh, no, but if you see my running photos, Michelle, (laughs) they're always shocking. See my running photos, like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think some people love it when the photos come out after an event. I'm the kind of person that just keeps scrolling. and Somebody will tag you in one. It's like, oh, do I look or don't I? It's like, oh, goodness me, that's not a good one. (laughs) I think uh, I I don't mind taking, um, you know, having a laugh at myself and stuff. So uh, when we went to Flinders to do the 
pub to pub. We'd done park run that morning and I tried to do a jump shot and I literally just looked ridiculous. But I put it on my Facebook page because I knew it would give everyone a really good laugh. It was just like a, yeah, a frog that should never have been born. The image is just, yeah, not good. I but. think it's his practice. If you want to get good at jump shots, you just have to is it well, bend the knees because you're going to let I know, I got plenty of air. It was just like the whole body shape and the facial expression, which wasn't great. So, but I like I said, I'm happy to poke fun of myself. But if it encourages other people yeah. to go, oh, actually, park run is for everyone. It's like, you know, I can go along. You don't have to look like a you know, marathon runner to turn up to a park run event. And have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, how do you think if running has improved your life? So now you've, you know, you've been running for quite, you know, a number of years now consistently. How do you think it's improved your life? So if you didn't have it in your life now? You uh, well, obviously there's the, the physical health benefits mm-hmm. and the um, mental health benefits as well. I think, you know, just life can be stressful. Mm. And you don't generally feel stressed after a run because you've had time to process things. Yeah. But I think the best thing for me is we have made some amazing friends through running. And I think often your friends tend to come from either friends you've had from a very long period of time, Mm. or they tend to be friends that you make in your workplace. Mm. And workplace friends are great friends, but it can also be fraught with politics at times when you might have to make a decision that they might not agree upon. Yeah. So the freedom that these friendships have brought me has just been immense. Like I think, you know, my closest friends now are people that we run with mm. um, in terms of whereas in the past there might have been people that you have spent a significant amount of time working with. Whereas mm. so it's nice to have that dividing life. Like I've still got friends that I work with who I consider to be good friends, but it's just nice to be able to turn up to your running friends. You don't need to talk about work. You talk about the most ridiculous things. You know, mm. runners will talk about anything, particularly toilet habits. Um, you know, I mean, I'm probably the worst at bringing up those conversations, but uh, it's just, I don't know, good people who encourage other people, who do anything to help people. So I think, yeah, we've made amazing friends across all the groups that we have mm. been lucky to be a part of. They're just really welcoming. It's interesting. Like a lot of people have said that and that it's the community, as, as I said earlier. Um, and we've talked a bit about in the podcast about why why these relationships develop when we're running and and I think it possibly happens in other sports as well but certainly when you're running and you're running side by side with someone you can talk about things actually that are, you wouldn't wouldn't share even sometimes with your best friend if you're just sitting there at a coffee yeah looking at each other eye to eye and so I, even there's some people that I've been running with for like 15 years consistently twice a week and we often say we know more about each other's personal lives than yeah. our family does even because all the minutiae as you were saying before that was the toilet things that it's often like the kid things or just the things that are going on in life which are just whatever's but you, you, you just share and because it's because it's less confrontational or whatever uh, when we're just out there running um, so it, I think maybe that's a part of why we develop relationships that are so um, solid, I suppose. And yeah, you know, I guess you're, you're quite vulnerable when you're running too, because like everything mm. is on display and there's nowhere to hide. So in the sense that this if you're you know, <laughs> a fast runner, like the fast runners run together and the slower runners run together, and you just find things in common. And yeah, you're right. You do share things that you probably wouldn't share with yeah. other people, um, whether it be in a flippant comment or whether it's a 
you know, deep and meaningful at the, during the run or at the end of the run. Um, yeah, you do know a lot about the people you run with. Yeah, it's interesting. There is actually, I did hear a, like a study um, from a, a podcast or something I was listening to while I was running <laughs> where they were saying they've done some studies on it and it is actually the, the not looking, especially good for blokes, but I think it yeah. works for women as well, but that not non-confrontational kind of conversation that you can have. So fascinating, I find. Um, and it's that's obviously very good for your mental health, as we all know, to be able to have people we can um, talk with even just about little things that are bothering us. So um, the other good thing about running in my life too is I've been able to like give back through Parkrun as well. Yeah. So, you know, doing just start as a volunteer and then doing the run director stuff, you feel like you're actually making a positive contribution to people's health and wellbeing. So that's been really good. I'll sort of I'll, um, be giving up the run directing at the end of this year because we'll be away travelling. But mm-hmm. it's been nice to see that other side as well and see those people that, you know, they've turned up for their first park run and they come back with a smile on their face or they've been going to park run for, you know, two months and they've finally managed to come across the line and they're, they're so excited because they've run the whole way for the first time. Or, yes. you know, they might be the walkers who've got a, a PB. Um, you know, they started out walking, it was taking an hour, 10, and now they're down to 55 minutes. So it's nice to see that and be able to yeah. encourage other people to be part of it. Yeah. Um, you're going away next year in a camper van yep. uh, around Australia, as long as COVID allows. Well, I'm sure yeah. it'll allow you to leave. <laughs> you come back. No, no I'm sure. Be stuck in the desert somewhere. But yeah. It'll be sorted in some way by then. Um, how are you going to continue your um, running? Well, How's that looking for you? God is very good at keeping routine. So, mm-hmm. you know, he'll probably have one of us running alongside of the van as we go, go across the Nullarbor while the other one drives and then we'll stay. Uh, it's just routine and making sure it's built into part of your everyday life. This, uh, we have done the lap of Australia once before yeah, uh, with a yeah. little 16-foot pop top. And it's just a matter of, you know, Monday's running day, Tuesday's bike day, whatever, just trying to build it in. Obviously, that depends a little bit on where you are at the time, but mm. certainly lots of, um, yeah. That's the good thing about running. You basically need a pair of shoes, in my case, a good sports bra, um, and then, you know, some shorts and a T-shirt, and you can run anywhere. Yeah, so. that's true. I guess for me, because we've done a lot of travel as well, and sometimes the running, it was because you don't have the routine anymore, you know, even though, yes, you develop a routine in your travel, especially when you're doing that kind of travel, yeah. it's um, you kind of got to make sure it's in that routine, you know. Okay, yeah. so every if we're driving, um, you know, uh, working out how that works with with your runs and making sure you still have time for that. We'll just make sure we get up early in the morning and do it. Yeah, you know, I guess again, yeah. that's the good thing about parkrun. It's just about everywhere now, so we'll that's try true. to visit as many as we can. Mm-hmm. And if there are some other uh, fun runs that we see online as we're travelling around, that we sort of know we're going to be in the right area at the right time, we'll sign up for them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> we're oh, heading yeah. off too. I don't know if you hear that. Sure. Yeah. No, where are you going? <laughs> Uh, we're going to do the same, well, not the same thing, but uh, we're only going for about three months, though, probably most of winter. Nice. <laughs> so, um, we may or may not run into you guys. Well, you never know. <laughs> who knows? So, someone else doing it too. Anyway, uh, like from our you yep. know, expanded group, I'm like, that'd be funny if we all kind of caught up. <laughs> well, I think some of the running buddies are hoping to come and meet us somewhere for a run, which would be nice. That would be so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So. Is there anything about running that you really want to share that you think we haven't touched on? 
Um, I just think that people need to understand that running is for everyone. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, pop down a park run on a Saturday morning and just stand on the finish line and watch. Even if you're not confident enough to come and have a go, um, just come and have a look. Because I think until you see a running community like that, you just you do think running's for competitive people. Mm. Um, and it's not. It's for everyone. Um, mm. And start out slow, I guess. You know, there's a lot of good apps around in terms of starting running. Don't expect to just, well, some people will be able to, but don't expect just to be able to get off the couch and go and run 10K and, you know, feel good afterwards. There are occasional freakish people that can do that. But um, allow yourself, I guess, the time and space to actually build up your running. And it can be from telegraph pole to telegraph pole. And I guess the other thing is that, um, if you are worried about people watching you, you probably don't need to worry because most people will be thinking, go you, good on you mm. for getting out there and having a go. And I yeah. think there are people you need to worry about. So Yeah, that's yeah. so true. I couldn't tell you how many times over the years just running, it, like all over the world actually, where other people walking, say in a park that I'm running, they very rarely don't smile at you. Yeah. And if you say hello, they look like, oh, you, just get yeah. all that. you get all those positive comments you get like um so people are happy is what i'm saying yep. to see other people out there doing things even if yep. they're just they're not doing the same thing as you um i suppose the other thing to consider too is that you might not be the fastest runner or that you know the you might not have the most expensive gear and all that kind of stuff but there's a lot of people that can't even have the opportunity to run whether it be from an injury or uh you know places where they might live or you know, they yeah. might be working ridiculous hours and those sorts of things. So even if you feel like you're not in the top echelon, it's almost like being thankful that you can yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've had to be told that several times myself when I've had a bit of a whinge about, you know, that was an awful run or whatever. And like somebody's like, well, you're out there and you're doing it and you can do it, so stop whinging. It's like, okay. Exactly. Yeah, you put your shoes on well, <laughs> at the door. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing a lot more than the person sitting at home on the couch. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes that's by choice and sometimes that's yeah. because they don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, a right. bad run's better than no run. I think that's true. And, in fact, I don't think there's any run, even though it might have hurt, where I haven't like, oh, I'm so glad I did that now yeah. that I've done it, even if it was yeah. a really hard run. It's like, yes, I'm so glad I did that. Okay, so you've kind of already touched on it as well, but is there, are there any other tips you'd like to give to a beginner runner or somebody coming back from a long time not running? Um, I think, you know, if you can afford to get yourself a decent pair of shoes, that would be like the starting point in terms of any kit. Um, yeah. That's really important just in terms of looking after yourself. And, yeah, like I said, just building up gradually. Don't, don't go out and try to smash out, you know, 10K on top of 10K because that's when you will end up getting injured. Um, and, you know, you will have days where running is easy and days when it's hard, but it's just, to me, it's about routine and making sure you just get out there and do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Well, stay on because I'll say goodbye to you off the recording. But it has been awesome to have you on here, Sarah. And there's been no bleep moments for everyone. Sarah thought we might have had a few bleep moments because maybe she doesn't mind creating bleep, bleep <laughs> moments occasionally, but we haven't had any. My mum would still smack me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we've stopped recording it. <laughs> so, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. And it's, it has been awesome to hear from you. I've really enjoyed um, talking with you and it has been inspiring. It's been really cool. So thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. 
So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.